Welcome to Creatoring, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss the issues important to the creative community, but with way less care and respect than they deserve. You know, we probably just end up talking about pop culture crap and just doing weird improv with each other and the guests. That sometimes we actually get sincere, but it is not Daniel and I's fault. It's probably the guest. So, I'm Zach. And I'm Daniel. And this is Creatoring. Hold on, that's not our song. It is now. Sorry, Vincent. Sorry, man. Got the better one. How are you, Daniel? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I've I've got like this cough that I've had for the past five months. Um, trying to get rid of it. Just allergic to New York, or I think so. I really think so. I'm either allergic to new york or i'm allergic to other people um <laughs> same thing right yeah right yeah one of those isn't necessarily bad but um i'm on the verge of ripping my lungs out mm. um how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm sitting <coughs> in a cage that i've constructed for myself made of pvc pipe and blankets is, are you it's getting kind of hot is is that your did beth put you there or is that just I kind of asked John place. Contino to be on the show, and I asked if we could record on Mother's Day initially, and she has still not forgiven me for that. You know, I inadvertently scheduled my first D&D game on Morgan's birthday, so oh, I no. guess we're both just oh, Talk about a critical miss. Horrible, right? horrible people. In my defense, I didn't see the date. I just not like, absentmindedly accepted the invite. Um, well, you're dying from your allergy to New York, so I don't think you can really be at fault. It's true. It's true. Dying from an allergy in New York and playing my first D&D game at the age of 29. You know, Do you know who our time. guest today was, Daniel? I, you know, I think I think I do. I think I do who our guest was. Mr. Uh, Mr. I think his name is something like John? John Cont. Don Contatino. Or is it Don? I think it's Don Contatino. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. All right, we're going to have someone come and like kneecap us now because I'm pretty sure that's someone high up in the mafia. We talked to John Contino today. Yeah, what a guy, my God. Um, great, probably like the most honest, straightforward, no bullshit person I ever had the pleasure of talking to. It was good. Um, God, it was, you know what? No. It was it was too good. In fact, we're gonna have to like edit out some of the really good parts. Um, That's the name of this episode: creating episode two. Too good, too great. Too, That's too, a dumb joke. Too good, too great, too fast, too furious. <laughs> it's all about family. So disappointed with myself right now. But today, yeah, yeah. we talked to John about the idea of rock stars and heroes in the design and creative community and yeah. boy do we go some places good god uh i think the devil came up a couple times <laughs> um also you know it, whether it's a good or a bad thing to have all sort of like what is a thought leader or thought leaders necessary are thought leaders these self-aggrandizing narcissistic uh, people who are capable really of nothing or are they people who have actually established a name for themselves and have been great practitioners of their craft? It's, it's, 
Rubik's cube of puzzling information. Um, right. Yeah, we kind of we drill down to that. Get into that. Get into <clears throat> all this is kind of make believe, kind of pretend anyway. It is. We're all living kinda in a simulation at the end of the day. Well, <laughs> probably. But also, you know, we're just on a giant rock. Yeah. Floating through space, as Mr. Draplin says, and you bring up later. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, it's speaking of hero worship, I mean, I think it's okay to, like, deify Draplin. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just try to stop everybody. He will show up at your house with a giant baseball bat that says field notes on it and destroy yeah. you. After driving his orange van through your living room, like on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> He's done it once. He'll do it again. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. Sorry, Com- Aaron. Don't hurt us. Sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah, Contino uh, had, some, had some great stuff to say about it. I think if we're going to ask anybody who's, you know, their thoughts on such a sensitive issue it, it would it would be him it seems kind of weird like having a design celebrity talk about whether design celebrities are you know useful or useless um but he, he definitely set the matter straight man. he did there will be no questioning it after this interview so we'll sit the mat set the matter to rest let's get to that So what was your good day? Well, it's about 95 degrees here in New York, and my air conditioner stopped working. So, <laughs> nice. So, it, it, did you ever see Ghostbusters 2? Of course. Yeah. All right, you know the beginning when Egon is doing, like, the heat test, and, and everybody just keeps getting more agitated the, the higher the temperature goes? <laughs> yeah, that's me today. <laughs> I was going to say your three-year-old came out and, like, punched you in the junk or something. <laughs> <or> that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she came in with a running hook, man. Took me, <laughs> took me down a notch. Two teeth. Two teeth. I lost two teeth. Nice. <laughs> I have oh, two, man. a little boy and a little girl. And when it gets hot, they both just, they don't want to go outside. They just want to stay in and just start fights and shit. <laughs> My daughter is so funny, too. She's like such a, she's like a little angel, but she loves death metal and she loves to punch me in the chest. Oh, man. <laughs> I have three cats and they don't even know what weather is. So <laughs> that's also a problem. <laughs> we're, we're raising an aggressive generation. I think it's necessary. <laughs> Well, we were all brought up to, like, not stand up for ourselves and just bow down and take the shit that comes. So might as well teach them something. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't, know about, I don't know about that, man. I, I grew up with parents straight out of Queens. I, I, grew up, I grew up rough and tumble, throwing fists. <laughs> we're going to need a pretty rebellious uh, future going forward. So Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, we've only got 20 years left in this country. We might as well enjoy it. <laughs> Need to be teaching them doomsday prepping skills in the school. Hey, 20, 20 years is probably a little generous, don't you think? Probably, yeah. yeah. I was going to talk. You said that about like survival skills, Daniel. None of the skills that any of us possess that I'm aware of will allow us to go anywhere once the shit hits the fan. I've yeah. got, I have no survivable skills. No, me neither. Me neither. I'm done. I'm Unless this got an IKEA instruction book with it, I'm probably not <laughs> good for anything. <laughs> Might be able to improvise. I'll tell you one thing, man. Like I moved out of the city uh, with my wife when she got pregnant. She she grew up kind of like north of this, like about you know we're like a like an hour north of the city. 
So, like, I got trees surrounding me, and there's, like, animals and birds and deer and stuff like that. I don't know what the hell to do with myself, man. If anything goes down, I'm just going to, like, curl up in a ball and die in my driveway. Like <laughs> smoke. You have trees, though. Like, I haven't seen those in, in maybe, like, five months. I recently moved to Brooklyn, and I'm like, oh, no, I miss all the, I miss all the nature. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still down here in Atlanta, and this is just too much nature. You guys Suck can it. have some of this. <laughs> Shh. Go to hell. I'm, I'm like right I'm like right in the middle, so I'm 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 good. I'm good. I'm alright. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> well let's dive into it. So we usually we introduce ourselves first, so uh I'm Zach. Then I'm Daniel. And I'm John. <laughs> Hey, John. <laughs> I fit right in. Yeah, yeah. You, it's perfect. You want to do this like every two weeks with us? I'm on, man. I'll be the secret third host. Hell yeah. <laughs> just chime in like the last five minutes and like lay down the wisdom. I'll just like start berating people. <laughs> I just That's need a soundboard perfect. of you like pick, like just making fun of people that I will just add on randomly on top of shit. Dude, it, it doesn't sound like I'm complaining about that. Let's do it. Yeah, let's. All right. <laughs> So you actually reached out to us on Twitter because we were making fun of you in the first episode. Yeah, that's what happens, man. I saw, I, you know, as, as soon as someone says something about me, my radar goes up, and then all of a sudden I get defensive, and the fists go up, and I'm like, all right, who's looking for a problem? <laughs> and then Daniel Evans got involved, and uh-huh. it just turned into a thing. And um, Yep, yep, started stirring the pot, and then, you know, that's what happens. So we wanted to talk about hero worship. Yeah. And design rock stars and right, following right. your heroes and shit. But you had a story about conferences. I don't want to take away from that. I want to hear some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> I, people are always just like, how come, how come you don't speak? How come you don't speak? I don't like them, man. I think they're just like, I mean, there's some that I like. Don't get me wrong. There's a few that I've done that I've had good experiences with. But like, for the most part, it's just like, I don't know, man. Everybody's kissing everybody else's ass, and it's just, yeah. they're just, everybody shows stuff that everyone else has seen already, and it's just like, it just feels like a waste of time and a waste of money to me, you know? Like, there are some that do it right, and that's good, but for the most part, it's just like, I feel like, I feel like there's better ways to do things. Like, that's what I like about doing podcasts, actually, is because it's kind of a little bit more of a real conversation. You get a little bit more reality out of it, and for the most part, like, a lot of people aren't that great speaking in public anyway yep. you know so it's just like an hour hour blocks at a time of people being awkward with like a powerpoint presentation and just yeah. it doesn't do it for me <laughs> especially for designers for like a yeah. discipline that works mostly in solitude so like yeah. just getting them out of the house into one place to see right. like their translucent skin right. is an accomplishment <laughs> in and of itself but then like actually having them talk oh, my god dude. It's brutal. I mean, I'll t- I mean, it's it's not so bad for me. Like, I grew up playing in hardcore bands. I'm a loudmouth Italian from New York. Like, I don't mind standing in front of people and just yelling and screaming for an hour. So that's fine. <laughs> but like, like there was one there was one conference I did, and the person who was up there before me, and, and, and like whatever, like their work was fine, everything was fine. But they were ju- it was the most dull thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I turned to a friend of mine who was with me, and I was like, if that's what I sound like, drag me off the stage and shoot me in the head because I can't. <laughs> I'm not, was I'm not it just gonna... show and tell the whole time? It, yeah, basically. And it was just like, you know, like, oh, it's so cool that you get to do this. And it's cool that you get to do this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, we get it. It's, you know, 
design and art is cool. Let's move on and talk about something else. Yeah, there are you other know? places to do portfolio reviews. You can yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the internet, man. Like when you're at your own house. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I feel. That's why. That's why a lot of people don't see me speak often, unless it's something I really like. I'm doing. Um, the MLC Connect Conference, which is uh, Major League Baseball specific. I'm doing that in July. But that's, you know, I love baseball. I love design. I'm, I'm all over that. So that'll be fun. So but, is you know, a, sorry, is that a baseball specific conference or is it like a design and sports conference? It's a, it's a design and sports conference hosted uh-huh. by the Chicago White Sox. So the past three years, it was the Astros. Uh, but this year, it's the White Sox are hosting it. And they, they've invited me the past three years but um, I've been away every time that they did it. And I was like, oh, my God, they're never going to invite me back again. And this is the one, like, I really <laughs> wanted to do. <laughs> but I lucked out, so we're all good. <laughs> is Bethany Heck going to be there? Um, probably. Because <laughs> what's a baseball conference without Bethany Heck? In, exactly, you know, exactly, true. yeah. <laughs> That's such a niche conference. Like, I wonder if there's going to be, like, design in, uh, like, fast food restaurant or conference. <laughs> I don't know I, if that's well, a huge industry or not. I, you know, I, there might be, but um, but thankfully I'm not in that. <laughs> I can still dream. <laughs> I can still dream. You could, you could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, I kind of feel you on the conferences, like, in my experience going to those things, I mostly just shoot the shit with other designers. Like, yeah. I just socialize, and I rarely go to the talks. Right, uh, right. No offense to any speakers out there. You guys keep doing what you do. But, uh, yeah, I just, like, it's it's one thing to talk to people online and, you know, pat each other on the back online, and yeah. it gets, like, very masturbatory uh yep. for lack of a better term mm-hmm. but like seeing people in life like you know putting a name to a face is it's always it's always really nice sometimes a little disappointing but uh <laughs> mostly I, mostly nice i mean like i feel like for the most part that's all anyone really goes there for is to just it's just be surrounded by other designers and just finally have a time to like socialize with people who understand what you do for a living so I guess it's useful in that scenario, but you're also dropping like a thousand dollars for three days or something. And you're just like, is this necessary? Yeah. Let's just start like a camp retreat where you don't have to fucking be invited three months <laughs> and mortgage your house to afford to go to. It. I would be all for that and actually learn some survival skills, like we were talking about earlier. That's um, good. So maybe we can maybe we can uh, live through the, holo- the the nuclear holocaust that's coming. I don't know if I'd want to live through it. Like, <laughs> I want to be the first to go. I don't want to have to suffer. I don't know, man. What if it's like a utopia after that? Then you're missing out. Oh, uh, it could be like like Logan's Run. Like we break outside of the bubble. It's and true. It's just this wonderful world on the outside. Very true. Very it's true. You don't know, man. You don't know. I mean, it probably won't be, but you still don't know. I mean, you could always <laughs> you could always pull the trigger after when it's not a utopia. Just. To... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just making those extra few months <laughs> suicide is always an option it's always on the table <laughs> <laughs> off to a great start here <laughs> so it's it's nice like it's it's kind of one thing at these conferences speaking of like hero worship to have these big names on stage and these people that younger designers aspire to be but I almost think it'd be more interesting to get like a designer who is in the trenches like someone who's just a workhorse who isn't really well known um just like talk about their day and their process but you never really see that um and i guess there's a reason for that like you don't get garage bands uh headlining Um, right right. that never really happens but (laughs) no it's 
those are the kind of people that like I can really level with. Like I don't know. To me, they just feel a little more real, a little more yeah. authentic. Yeah, I mean that's that's my that's one of my other problems too. Is like a lot you, you know like a lot of these people that do a lot of the the big the big talks and all that stuff. They, you do them so much that you turn into a robot, and everything just ends up sounding like bullshit after a while, you know. <laughs> and they're just like, "Is this a, is this for show? Like, what, what you know? Like, what are we doing here? Like, is this gonna are we gonna get into something interesting and real at some point, or or are we just gonna, you know, kind of like wave a flag and be really happy about everything for the next forty five minutes?" <laughs> right, right, right. You know. Yeah, I hear you. That's why I liked I liked uh, there's one talk that Aaron Draplin used to give that was very. It's almost nihilistic in a sense. It was yeah. this whole like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just these little tiny specks on a mode of dust flying through an abyss of infinity. So mm-hmm. like if you get all bent out of shape because you can't choose a font for like a fucking layout, yeah. you're in the wrong industry. You know, like <laughs> there are bigger problems out there. I'm like, this man, is, it's very this is all fake. Everything we do is fake. It doesn't mean anything, really. The funniest thing is, like, like I, I, I literally do this with some of my biggest clients. I'm just like, listen, we're all gonna die someday, so <laughs> let's let's just try to have fun with this, okay? <laughs> so very true. So very true. Did your daughter really pick one of the designs you gave Nike? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean. It's so like I I use her for that stuff all the time. I'm working on one for UFC right now, and I said, "Which one do you like?" She's like, "I like this one." I said, "Done." Perfect. <sighs> Done deal. You know, leave it to a child who hasn't been tainted by the evils of the world to actually yeah. have like a level head yep. <laughs> to to make those decisions. It's kind of yep. it's kind of brilliant. I mean, she's got she's got some pretty good uh, like aesthetic sensibilities for a four year old. So I don't you know I don't really feel bad about doing it. You know, if she was. If she was like really, uh, you know, art, art dumb, <laughs> then I would just be like, nah, you, you know, we'll we'll stick to like singing Moana. But I, she's she's pretty she's pretty stylish. She picks out her clothes and stuff for school. She's good. <laughs> Man, um, we've got we've got a couple questions, Zach. You wanna wanna jump into those? Yeah, I got um. Let's, all right, this is an interesting one from David. At any point in your career since you started liking design stuff was there anybody that you who did you have hero worship for and how and when did you finally break that um so so the two the two guys that i really had like that kind of worshiping thing going on were derek hess and ralph stedman and Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with those guys, like late teens, early twenties. That was my, because it, it was so, it was so raw, and just so, um, there, there were no rules in what they did. Especially Ralph Steadman. I mean, he, he did a lot of lettering type stuff, which no one really discusses when they talk about lettering. But he did a lot of lettering, like crazy pen and ink, you know, all that fear and loathing stuff. It, it was just like, out of control. Um, and those guys, I really loved, and I mimicked them for a while. Um, until I kind of realized that I, I had, you know, kind of a different voice. Um, and, uh, and, and that one, that was the end of that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I can definitely, like, Stedman was huge for me when I was in high school. I'm like, my God, you can just, like, blow around ink on a page and make something yeah. out of that. Like, oh, yeah. And this guy's making it. <laughs> yep. It's incredible. 
Yeah. Not, not, I mean, not only is he making it, but he's just like a legend at the same time, you know? Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's totally mind-blowing. Yeah, he definitely set his own aesthetic. And I look at a lot of his things now, and like, he was either like very mentally tormented <laughs> to be able to do all of that, or he's just a genius or combination both. I mean, I, the the times when I was when I was really into his work, I was going through some hard times. So maybe that's why I was so attracted to his work. <laughs> very well, be true. God, very therapeutic looking at some of his things sometimes. God, nice, 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 nice. Um, I feel like. Especially in, like, you know, this century, it's kind of hard to find those designer illustrators who are really just, like, doing very raw, original, never-before-seen work. Like, you can always yeah. see influence. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. For me, like, I like to go back to, um, uh, you know, like, older older generations. Like, well, they seem like they, you know, had a head on their shoulders. They are doing some pretty original stuff. So, well, yeah. you know what the problem is, is everybody's got a voice nowadays, and most people shouldn't have a voice, you know? <laughs> and and that, that's, that's, that's why we're stuck with, like, a whole bunch of crap, and, you know, the innovation is, is maybe not as prevalent. Or maybe, maybe there's a ton of innovation, and we're just used to innovation at this point. It's hard to say. It's true. It's true. It's, like, social media has, I think, just destroyed everything. Like, yeah. everything's just gone to hell. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. It's, it's so hard now. Like, if you are an artist or a designer or whatever, and there's, like, that pressure to publish all of your work, but then there's also that, like, ping of pain. It's like, well, what if people don't like it? I mean, I'm a bad... <laughs> A bad illustrator designer when it, that's really meaningless at the end of the day because it's just people clicking around. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think about like when I started. So I, I've been doing this for twenty years. You know, like I started in the mid nineties, and I, I I didn't even worry about whether people liked my work or not. I just worried about having anyone even see my work. Like I didn't know yeah. how how people could even see my work. That was the <laughs> hardest thing in the world. Yeah, that's like one of those things you just have to like submit to magazines or yep. like, you know, a band that you did uh, an album cover for, like a tape cover for, it gets big and like, oh, who did that cover? Right, um, right, 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 yeah, exactly. That's exactly. like, that's the old school hard way of doing it. I think another hard part of just the social media is everybody's just yelling into the abyss and it's yep. hard to find who the original people are. Exactly. Like some exactly. of the people, the names that popped into my head were Wayne White. And James Victory, and right. Morning Breath, right? Like everybody rips off those dudes nowadays. Yeah, like lettering is pretty much just like lettering over shit is just ripping off Wayne White, doing it, it, weird stuff is Morning Breath. You know these mm -hmm. guys that have been doing stuff behind the behind the curtain for years. It's true. It, yeah, it's true. And you know the. The worst part about it is, is, so you get these. Oh man, people people hear me complain about this all the time, but I I'm still I'm I'm be angry about this until it's until it doesn't it exist on. anymore. With with Facebook and Instagram and all these things, how they got these brilliant algorithms to just like bury people, which is you know I'm I'm in that. I, I, I you you don't you don't get to see like if you look at House Industries, House Industries has a fraction of the amount of followers on, on a platform like Instagram that's someone who actually specializes in ripping people off and is about 19 years old. Like, you look at House Industries, and maybe they have, like, 50,000 followers, and you get, like, some dumb kid, like, ripping somebody off, and they got, like, 500,000 with huge, uh, you know, like, they're, they're, they have companies looking to sponsor their posts and all that bullshit, and it's like, yeah. it, it's, it's, so, it's so discouraging because you're just like, 
if you if you get wrapped up in it just for a second, you know, you just you you want to like just you know end it all and hop out a window because you're just like, well, what's the point of doing anything? Because nobody sees it, nobody understands where it comes from, no one understands the hard work that goes into it, and you got these guys, uh, these guys and these girls, like you know everybody, <laughs> and doing doing this stuff that's original and and influential, but you know nobody knows because they're just kind of like. Click and follow, click and follow, click and follow, and whatever the platform decides is relevant, that's what they see. And then, you know, you get a you get a company saying, "Well, what's your social media following?" And they go, "Oh, well, that's kind of low compared to this guy." I was like, oh, "But this guy is 19 years old and he has no idea what the hell he's doing." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's like so those it's, people have figured out the math, like they, right. mathematically, they know how to be successful, but like artistically, they they don't have an artistic bone in their body. Either yeah, that or like it, they don't have the experience yet. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating, you know. It's it's like that that shouldn't be a metric that certain people are judged by, but yeah. unfortunately it is, and that's you know you you get you get people that are maybe a little bit older or a little less tech savvy, and they get buried, and it's has nothing to do with them. It's just that's what the computer decides. Right. Oh, you know? I did that for years. Right out of college, you know, ten years ago it was just when everything started to blossom and bloom. I'm like. I'm not getting likes on these. I'm not getting a dribble invite. I'm not getting this, that, whatever bullshit was right. popular back then. And there was years where I didn't post anything. Like, I, I think about where I could be in my career if I hadn't given a fuck and I actually just posted the stuff that I made <laughs> that I liked that wasn't ripping anybody off. I hope yeah. it probably was subconsciously or some shit. But now I'm like, I've got two kids. I've got to pay the bills. I want to pay my student loans off. Fuck who likes this. I'm going to put it out there so I yeah. get attention and get jobs. Right, 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 right. I think that's the route to take, man. I think we've talked about this before, but the illustrators, like the people who inspire me the most, my favorite designers, have like such a scant following, they might as well not even be on the radar. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they just like embody this I don't really give a fuck lifestyle that's like they're doing their own thing and they're doing the most unique work that I've never seen before. And right. to me, I'm like, those are the real winners at the end of the day. Like they're not being influenced or caught up in, you know, all the all the metrics and, and all that stuff. Like they don't really care who knows well, about them. At some point, maybe maybe the type of system that we're kind of stuck in right now will end, and there'll be some other stupid system that we have to fight against. Fight against, you know? Because this isn't new. I mean, let's just, let's be real honest about it. We're bitching about Instagram and stuff because it sucks right now. But it was the same shit two, three hundred years ago. You know, ever since arts existed, there's right. been some gatekeeper. Like we're supposed to be free of the gatekeepers. Right. We still have gatekeepers. It's just how many hearts can you get? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, especially, like, like growing up, like, playing in, like, the hardcore scene and all that type of stuff, underground stuff, like, like no one would even know that stuff existed, you know? And that's kind of, that's what I loved about it. And that's what people who, who joined into that whole type of scene loved about it. It was, it was different. It was off the beaten path. It was, like, uh, it, it was just, it was something that people weren't used to dealing with, you know? And that's, that's kind of the thing that makes it special. And as soon as you homogenize all this stuff then you just kind of neuter everything that makes art special. Like, where are you going to go and discover things? Oh, hit the Discover tab. Like, that's not what you want to do. Like, you want to go out and discover things for real, you know? And it's those types of things get harder and harder these days. Yeah, yeah. And you see, like, a huge lack of, like, in, like, just artisans in, in general today. Um, and I was, like, wandering through the Natural History Museum for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. And I was just, like, in front of these, like, totem poles and stuff. Like, 
actual art, like beautiful stuff that took, you know, maybe 20 people to work on. Um, right. Just like some of the most beautiful things that history has ever seen. Um, and that stuff has stood the test of time. Like a, a JPEG on Twitter is not going to stand the test of time. <laughs> It is not. It is not. It is not. It is not going to be fossilized in anybody's memory. No, no, um, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's sometimes it's uh, that you know that thought keeps me up at night. Sometimes <laughs> I can I'll work on a totem pole whenever I want to. You know, it's it's funny too because I I'm like everybody knows me as like the hands-on guy, and for so long everything I did was ink and paper, ink and paper, and then my wife got me an iPad Pro for Christmas, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, like. It, it was it was technically from my wife and my daughter, and it's engraved. I love you, Daddy, on the back. So I was like, I can't not use it now. I gotta use I mean, it. That, that dropped the value like two hundred bucks. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I gotta use it, and I started using it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is actually really nice because now I don't have to like go through a thousand pieces of paper, and I don't have to rescan, reprint, retrace, do all the stuff I just hit undo. Yeah. So now I'm into this, but I have I have books and books and books of paper from the past. 10 or 15 years and I'm not going to have that for 2017 you know and that's the first year I have that and it's kind of like terrifying me a little bit hmm. yeah I started drinking from that uh drinking that iPad Pro Kool-Aid uh, a few months ago and I was resistant so long but li like you said it's such a lifesaver um, it is you can you know erase without like leaving behind pencil marks and you know layer and layer and layer but then all your beautiful paper like all your canson and all yeah. your strathmore it's just like what do you do with that it's kindling for fire at that point yeah yeah dude even forget the nice paper like i used to buy the bulk like really shitty printer paper and just and just work on that like i, I don't even care man like napkins i would put napkins and pieces of plastic in a book and call it like a masterpiece like as long as it's there and it's like tactile, I loved it, and I don't have that anymore. And it makes me really sad, but at the same time, it makes me a hell of a lot more efficient, and it, it causes me a lot less stress. So, you know, what's what's the what's the trade-off there? What's better? Right. You know? Right. Right. I agree. Um, so, like going back to sort of who influenced you, um, you know, at an early age, do you think that? Like designers nowadays can just take their pick of anybody because you have like the entire internet available to you and you can yeah. basically like I guess what I'm trying to say is like what's the line between um, copying and being inspired by someone because I feel like that's such a gray area you know like do you do you remix someone else's artwork or or what like you know, what do you what do you think about that it's just you know it's such a delicate topic because there's definitely people that just straight up copy and i've dealt with them before <laughs> you know they straight up copy and and sometimes you call them out on it and they're like oh my god i'm so sorry blah 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 and then you get the other like righteous people who are just like you didn't invent this blah blah, blah you know whatever but it's just like well when you traced my work exactly i i, I kind of did invent that because that's what i drew by myself you know so you have those people, and, and I, can't, I can't deal with those people. And it's, of, course, of course, they're designers, so they're passive-aggressive for the most part. So they're not going to get into a real confrontation, and that's what I'm looking for. I want answers, you know, and I'm not going to get them. So, so that's always very frustrating for me. But then you kind of have the people who just aren't sure what that line is. And there's a few people in particular that will go and copy things 
almost verbatim that I do, but at the same time, they'll email me all the time. They'll message me, they'll be like, I love this, I love this. You, you know, you're my favorite, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I can't even be mad because they, they genuinely like my stuff. And why would I be mad at someone who genuinely likes what I'm doing so much that they want to do it? So on that end, I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. And then there's, you know, the people who are kind of just like, just trying to find the way. And, and, and they know that they like something and they want to accomplish a certain goal, but they're not quite there yet. And, you know, they're not really sure what their style is and not, not sure how to accomplish what's in their head. And, and that's kind of another gray area too. And eventually those people come out of it. And I think a lot of us started out there, you know, mm -hmm. like you, the, the best way to learn how to design something is to copy somebody else and just kind of like walk a mile in their shoes and, and feel what it's like to design like that and see if it works for you or if it doesn't work for you, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know, there's a lot of tears to that, to that subset of, of theft, you know, like what, what's, what's a positive theft and what's a negative theft. So it's, um, it's kind of hard. You really got to use your judgment on that one. But right. um, it, it's, um, it, it keeps getting more splintered, the, you know, like the more people that get involved in, in design and all that type of stuff. If you're, if you're rat design, the rat holding a coffee mug showed up on a t-shirt on Cotton Bureau tomorrow, would that be a positive or a negative theft? Um, that would be a negative theft. Cause okay, someone... I've got an email to write. I'll be... <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Clicks in, bud. Clicks you you want to... This, I got a funny one. It is, so, for a while there, I was dealing with theft, like, a lot. Um, and there was one that someone sent to me. It was some store in, like, Argentina or something like that. And, you know, if they take, like, if I did, like, a Grim Reaper, or if I did this, or I did that, and they put it on a t-shirt, that's one thing. They literally took the banner off the front of my page that said what? my name on it and everything <laughs> and just put it on a t-shirt and was selling it and put it in the window of the store. <laughs> Ruthless. Oh, my God. That was, I, I mean, I, I, can you even get mad about that? <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like free self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, Just email it. You have area. to include the URL on there or you can't use it. I think there was reference to it being a website too. Like I think I had stuff about like click left and right to go through the projects or whatever. Like I think that was on the shirt. I can imagine there's an <laughs> HTML tag like aligned <laughs> left. So, oh, uh, Jesus. It's, it's pretty dope though. I kind of want to take screenshots of websites and start putting those on t-shirts. That's <laughs> interesting because I think Daniel, I think you and I were talking about this like with enamel pens and stuff, everybody's using like copyrighted characters yeah. to make stuff. Like, I don't even understand how yeah. the legality of that begins. I don't it's know. One of, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, easier to ask for forgiveness than permission kind of thing. Um, and like a lot of those pins are like limited run. Like, okay, there's only 100 of these Marge Simpsons simpson pins and her hair is a stack of furbies like there's you know like there's only so many so it's like the, the it's, it's simpsons that's the worst pin ever <laughs> i own 50 of them well you couldn't sell them it's not your fault man we're supposed to say they're mine yeah that's kind of a that's a rough area to be in um I don't know. It's like I see bootleg stuff all the time, but it's like if you're a company and that is your original content, it's even worth going after people or maybe you're only going to earn a couple thousand bucks. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like I, I grew up with like Canal Street bootlegs and 
I, 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 I don't have any hate for a bootleg. Like when they're like blatantly bootlegs and they're like kind of funky looking and like just off. <laughs> like I love a good bootleg. Bootlegs are great. You know, Adidas but... instead of Adidas. Kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah. Fuma. Just missing that. P- yeah. I know. I remember when I was a kid, Folkleys were the coolest sunglasses <laughs> yeah. you could wear. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It's, yeah, that's a that's a that's a hard area. Well, yeah, I mean, I know, like personally, like because then you have these people who are really big in the design world and like have made names for themselves, and they're also seen most of the time as like trendsetters. Whereas, like you know, you're you're a big designer and you have a particular style, and that's what big companies go after, and then you know younger designers maybe they emulate that style in hopes of like you know getting a job right that's what happened to me i mean i'll sit here and have this recording to history of as truth like early on in my career like i did a lot of things that i saw other people do that i liked and you know kind of combined that stuff and wasn't seeing any traction at all until like a year and you know eventually like just combining all of these different styles like it kind of paid off i was like oh shit maybe there's maybe there's something here i feel dirty about it but right i'm also getting work so yeah. right 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 yeah. right. i don't know yeah i mean that's i mean it's you know when you're younger it's it's really hard to pin that down as you just being like a copycat because when you're learning and you're really fresh it's it's kind of like what else are you going to do you don't know where to start you know but when people have a little bit of experience and they know what they're doing, like I've gone out of my way to be like, if this person's working on this project, I'm not working with you guys because this guy is a thief and I'm not, I'm not associating myself with a thief. You know, like I, I just, it, there's, certain, there's certain points when you reach a certain age or a certain point in your career where it's like, all right, cut the shit, enough, enough with this stuff. You know, like maybe, maybe just try to come up with an idea on your own. Maybe, I don't know, is that like a crazy thing to ask for? Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> It's, it's hard. I've, I, all right, I've got like got a question from uh, from my friend Devin. Um, you know, like the whole the word thought leader is really big right now. It's kind of a buzzword. Mm-hmm. You know, like these these messiahs in the tech world who like you know preach it how it is, and you see like a lot of bigger other designers, like CEOs or you know, just like tech stars that become these people who are, who are thought leaders who are basically just like educating other people as to like the one way to do something or, you know, spit off like these Tony Robbins-esque type motivational <laughs> um, like quotes and stuff. Like, Using their name on conferences. Yeah. Or do you $1,000 to teach a community their way. Right, right. And it's like you have these design practitioners, but then they become motivational speakers. And it's like they're not really designing anymore. But you, you know, you're not one of these thought leader types who's like going out there and like, I mean, you're like very, you're very real. You're very honest. You're a very raw person. Like you don't market yourself as like, you know, the second coming or anything. And that's not yet. Not yet. Not, not, (laughs) right. Not yet. There's still Uh, time. There's still time. My initials are JC after all, man. You never know. That might, that might mean something. That might mean something. Uh Oh, I read something in a book about that. (laughs) Oh no. What was, was the name of that book? I don't remember. It was a little too long, a little rambly, but uh, something in there. <laughs> right. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, was that like a conscious decision that you made, or is it just you know you're just being you, and you know that's that's just kind of doing your own thing. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion one way or another. I don't I don't I don't feel like I have to kind of like go in that direction to be able to share it. You know, right. like I like. I even there was even a point where it almost like I, I saw myself like almost heading in that direction based on like one or two talks that I gave and I just like felt really dirty about it you know and it's not like I did anything bad or whatever but I was just like ugh you know like I'm not that's <laughs> like I want to work I did this cuz I want to work I don't want to sit there and like lecture people you know like I mean I don't mind lecturing you know from a from a learning perspective but when it gets into you know, like how you should live your life and all this shit. It's like whatever. Like do whatever, do whatever right. works for you. Like why, why am I, why am I gonna tell? Like I, I went, I went about my whole career in a very unorthodox way. So if me, me telling this to somebody else um, is not gonna, you know, it, it's not gonna work for them. Maybe, maybe it's not gonna work for them. You know. So like whatever I have to say, if they go around like talking trash and like yelling at people <laughs> and telling them that they're gonna die and pick a, you know, pick a comp version. You know, it might not work for them. Like, that's just kind of like how I am. And, and I think, you know, people understand that because that's how I am at all times. Like, that's how I am at home. That's how I am. Like, when I'm talking in my sleep, like, that's how I am with my friends. That's how I am in work. You know, like, that's just, that's just how I am. So it's like to go and, and be someone who's, who's supposed to kind of lead something. Like, I, like, if someone needed me to lead something, fine. Like, I'll lead whatever you need me to lead. I, you know, I... I'd rather give orders than take orders, but um, I don't know. It's it, to me, it's kind of a waste. Like I'd rather just work and and contribute that way than than to go out on the road or whatever and just and and be a preacher about things. Like I just want to work. You know, that's why I did this. I just I want to work and I work a lot and and I I want to continue working for a long long time. You know, and that's that's just if someone if someone goes out of their way and they ask me for something specific, I have no problem sharing. But you know, that's, this is, I, I love to draw, I love to design, I love to direct, and that's just, you know, that's where I'm at, and that's where I'd like to stay for a little while, at least. So what, what kind of led into that transition, and I'm not, I hope I don't sound like I'm calling you out or anything, but into the classes, like the lettering class and the Skillshare and stuff, how did, how did that kind of come about? So the, the Skillshare classes, <laughs> I was actually talked into. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> I've seen those emails they send out. And I have an annual Skillshare email. I love those. Maybe they'll sponsor us one day. Wink, wink. Yeah. But, uh, I, I've seen some of their tactics, so I know I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, when, when you know, like, the guy, so, so there's a guy, Elliot Curtis, and he's such an awesome dude. I really like him. We became friends, and he was like, he was like, I think you would be great for this. I really do. I really do. And I said, but I don't want to teach a class that is just going to teach people an easy way to rip me off, you know? And he was like, he was like, I get that. I get that. He's like, but I think you could do a good job. So, like, when, when you look at my classes on Skillshare, they're just, like, the most, like, specific, ridiculously niche classes that you could imagine. And a lot of people were just like, well, he didn't teach us how to do lettering on this. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't want to teach you how to do lettering. <laughs> and then, you know, after a couple of years, there were some things where I'm just like, I, I figured out, you know, with my class that I'm teaching right now, I figured out how to teach lettering from a fundamental perspective. Mm. That's not just like, I'm going to show you how I draw a script, and now I'm going to show you how I draw slab service, and now I'm going to show you how to draw, like, hang tag design and all that. Like, I, I go back all the way, and I'm, I'm starting with, like, the foundations of typography and 
you know, why, why things look the way they do. And I, I, do, I do very minimal actual drawing in the class. And it's more about talking and we have like a Slack channel set up and it's all just critiques and talking about like the fundamentals of type and how you can use them to, to get in and develop your own style of lettering. So it took me a few years to really figure that out, um, to do it in a way that I felt comfortable with. But now that I'm actually doing it, I feel a lot better. And I feel like, you know, like I didn't just want to like lead a workshop and draw something and then have everyone copy what I draw and be like, great, you drew like me the best. So you get an A plus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we don't need another one of me. We need more of this other people doing different things, you know, and it, 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 that's that's what I wanted to try and foster with with this new class. So um, is it working? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I like there, there was some there was some fundamental design, you know, things that I learned early, early on from uh, a teacher I had about typography that I still use so strongly. And whenever I have interns or I work with students, I, I have them go through these exercises and it works. It works every single time. And I'm just like, these are the things, you know, like people who are drawing serifs on the letter S wrong, they, they just don't know and they need to know because it'll make their work look so much better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's those fundamental things that yeah, like even taking, like I took a bunch of Linda classes and like even in school, like in fucking design school, I never learned any fundamentals. It's like, all right, look at what this guy did. Do your own version of that. Right. Cool. Turn it in. Awesome. Right. Uh, and it says fundamental things. It's like just letter spacing and how much letting should you have between lines? If exactly. The headline is this big. Like I didn't learn that stuff. Like I had to, you know, kind of figure that stuff out later. So. I mean, it's super important, and, and people don't realize, like, if you want to do, like, some crazy custom lettering, you got to use the same exact fundamentals that type, that type designers use when they're making fonts. It's the same exact thing. You're just doing it in a little bit more illustrative way. And, and I think a lot of people just see custom lettering, and they go and they just kind of copy it based on what they're seeing, but they're not following the rules. So if you don't know the rules, you can't break the rules, so you end up just, you know, putting mm -hmm. slop out there. Yeah, very true. And you're also not, like, pushing that industry forward at all you're just no, you just know. watering it down yep 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 yeah that's that's it you should get your students to do like you know the ancient scribe like chiseling letters into a stone <laughs> tablet like if, if you really want to learn how to do a serif you'll chisel it into some granite uh dude i'm not gonna lie the course starts with that <laughs> not even not even joking <laughs> holy smokes Oh my god. Dude, I'm yeah. telling you, it's the real deal. I'm not messing around. <laughs> Damn, I'd end up in the ER. <laughs> All because of John Contino. That's what did it. Um so this isn't a question from anybody. I'm gonna butt in, Daniel, because yeah, I'm kind of fine. interested in this. Again, because of my poor decisions and everything. I, whatever it is. I'm sitting here looking at both of you, talking to both of you. No one knows who I am. You two, on the other hand, are the exact people that we're talking about. I've been freaking out for like a week because I was getting ready to talk to John for an hour. <laughs> sorry, but sorry to disappoint if you. <laughs> if I didn't copy all of your shit in a journal that I have somewhere in the closet. Yeah, you know? here we go. Now we're getting down to the dirty stuff. And Daniel probably... <laughs> freaking half a dribble is ripping both of you guys off right now uh. what do you how uh, 
I don't even. How do you approach that? What do you do with that? Because don't don't call BS. You know it's true. People Levi wouldn't rip you off, John, if people didn't know who you were or like your stuff a little bit. So what do you what do you guys do with that? How does that change your view when you go in to start a piece? Wait, how well? So how do you mean? Like, do you take do you take the the fact that people know who you are? Like, don't let yeah, that does influence it have you. Any, does it have any impact? Does it? What what does it do? What does that influence look like? For me, the only thing that it really does is it gives me a voice to just be more of myself. You know, like mm. it gives me the opportunity to 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 give my opinion to more people. Like anyone really needs it, but like I have I have that opportunity, and and people will take it for a little bit more than it's worth, and maybe someone else you know, who's, who's a little bit lesser known. I mean, it, it's, it's something that didn't come easy. I mean, I, I, I say it all the time, but I didn't go to like a, like a fancy art school. I never got like a crazy internship. I never worked for anybody big and important. Like everything I have, I, I kind of clawed and scratched my way to get on my own by myself. So like anything that I have, I'm very grateful for. And, and I, I'm really appreciate it, uh, really appreciative for, for, what I've been able to do with so little to start with, you know, so um, I don't take that stuff for granted. And it, it, it means a lot to me that people really like care about what I say or what I do. So going into a project, like I'm not going to have a big head about anything. I'm not going to say like, oh, well, look at all these people who follow me online or what projects I've done. Like the only thing I go into work with is the fact that I have experience I, I, I understand the business side of things. I understand the technical aspect. I understand how to talk to people and, and how to communicate a story. Like I'm proud of those things. Like I'm, I'm proud of, of being like kind of like a self-made man with integrity that did it the right way without screwing anybody over. And you know, like those are the things I'm, I'm really proud of. And if people, if people appreciate that, that's even better. That's something that I can kind of like hang my hat on. So, I mean, that, that's, that's how I see that stuff going. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, it's probably like the most positive way to go about that. Like, I don't know, some people get really pissed and like vindictive and like, yeah, I'm gonna bring the wrath of Thor down on this person. And I don't know, it's, you know, it's a, yeah, I, th I think that's like another reason why I tend to stay away from the conferences too, because I feel like I, I, there, there are some people that will talk about the, the like a lot of these conference, you know, stars like they like they're the second coming, you know, little do they know it's going to be me in a few years. No. But <laughs> but like the the way they talk about it, I'm just like okay, I understand like this is a personality that you guys like or whatever, but like what has this person done that really means something to you, you know? Like is it just the fact that they get up there and they're fun to watch? Like or have they done something that that means something to you? Like what what is it? Because a lot of the a, a lot of what I see is just you know, just People, you know, congratulating other people for doing the same thing that the next person did and the next person. And it's just very, very hollow. You know, like I, I want to see people who are who are stressing it and there's like blood, sweat and tears in what they do. And what they're saying is just like the God's honest truth about whatever it is. You know, like if it's if it's shitty and, and people don't want to hear it, it's still true. You know, like we don't live in like a sugar coated world like I like I like that aspect of it. I don't like the candy coated, you know, yeah. design design magic kingdom, you know, stuff that that you see so much of, and people just tend to tend tend to you know put so much weight into. 
You know, right. like like when before before the internet and social media was a big thing, the only way I could know who was like a real hero was the people who I bought books from. You know, like like I got obsessed with Pentagram when I was like the agency, like when I was like eighteen years old. Yeah. And I mean, there's no like I didn't understand like who Paula Cher was except for reading about her in books. You know, like I there there was that was all I had. I didn't have conferences. I didn't have you know, podcasts. I didn't have YouTube videos. I didn't have any of that stuff. I was just like, I saw her work in a book and I liked it. And, and that's, that's all I knew. I didn't know that she was like super famous or, you know, had like this, you know, really uh, influential style or whatever. And it's, you know, you, you kind of lose that because people are just so quick to, to, you know, pat each other on the back. And it's like, is it even worth doing at this point? You know, well, I think you just hit, well, at least you said something you said reminded me of this and i think we hit a we could talk about this for a second um i think there's a difference nowadays between heroes what we mean by heroes now and what we mean by heroes then let's at least what i okay the way that i viewed you as a hero john was you could probably say i wanted to live vicariously through you i liked your work i liked your style it was what i wish i could do does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, that you makes were hitting sense. clients I liked. You had that raw mm -hmm. because all the stuff that you worked for, that legitimacy, the the realness in your work is what I wanted to convey, what I wanted to do. Where with Pentagram and Paula, that's what I think a hero really should be. Right. Somebody you want to emulate. Someone right. who you don't want to rip them off, but you like how they work. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, you want to, and that's that's kind of how I look at things too. Because I did I did one uh, I did one talk a few years ago, like four or five years ago, and and we did like a Q and A at the end, and someone was like, "Well, who you know what's who are your influences and stuff?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. Like like in terms of aesthetic influences, I can't really pinpoint one thing. I don't find aesthetic things the most influencing. I find like people and their choices the the most influential. Like like I want to follow someone's path." towards success. I don't want to just copy what they did. Like I want to I want to use their template of how they started and how they built and how they developed and how they succeeded. That's what I want to copy. You know, like I want to use that as my template. Like I don't I don't care and what they did. And that's way more interesting too. Right. I know how you did that cool stroke in Illustrator. I know how to fucking do that. Tell me yeah. how you interact with your daughter and how <laughs> right. that works out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like every tech company nowadays, like wanting to copy the success of Apple and be like, oh, Apple has like the best design and, you know, the best interactions and the best interface and, and whatever. When like that's such a specific, like it's because they went through their history, like they went through their right. struggles. They had you know trial and error like they went through a lot in order to do that and then like a lot of companies come out the gate and like well we're just going to do that from the get-go um but then you have the people who find every opportunity pa possible to like throw down a steve jobs quote uh yeah. which is yeah. kind of like it's kind of a pet peeve of mine I'm like all right uh, all right it's like it, it's almost as much as like someone giving me like a bible verse on right. like how to fix my life. Like, right, you know, right, right. It's like such a platitude. It's such <laughs> just like a regurgitated, like, I get it. I get it. Like there are other people out there who have had, you know, way more or like just as much success that like no one really even talks about, but it's because Apple just has, you know, we all have Apple products. So why not go with them? 
I mean, you're right. I mean, the thing the thing that I find most interesting, like my wife and I love Mad Men, and we watch the series like eight times the whole way through, and we do we continue to do so over and over again. But like, I find inspiration in that show because they they go through the ups and downs of running an agency. Yeah. They fail and then they succeed and they start a new business and they have to figure out ways to reinvent themselves. Like like that is the interesting stuff. Like how how does someone perform under duress? You know, like for me, I know I do my best work when my back's against the wall and I, you know, like the cards are stacked against me. Someone's either doubting that I can do something or my deadline is 9 a.m. and it's 3 a.m. right now. Like that's when I feel like I shine. You know, I want to know how other people handle that situation and I want to, I want to understand, you know, what they're doing to succeed in, in that scenario. I don't give a shit what their output is. I really don't care. You know, I, I don't like whatever like i i do what i do because it's what feels most natural to me and i appreciate other people's work too but i want to go in and sit in their studio or sit at their desk and watch them deal with the stress of someone calling them up and being like where is this i need it i need it and they have no solution yet and they have to figure something out and they have to make it good like that's that's what i want to know about i want to know about when people are just like i have nothing left in me but i still have to succeed somehow how do i do that you know that's the that's the inspiring part yeah no that's you know very very well said i could not agree more it's almost like like improv um yeah to an extent definitely. like you know you're you're thrown out like on a stage or in a group of people you're giving like a one word suggestion and you've just gotta you've gotta make a garden out of a seed you know you just mm -hmm. you have to do it right there and i think that's like where some of the most brilliant like forms of comedy and also like ingenuity and creativity come from it's like when you're put against a wall and like the pressure is at its highest and like that's where you really know what you're made of not when you're given like right. a three-month deadline right you're not going to do shit until like maybe the week before it's due yeah <laughs> uh it's just the reality of the situation um and it's like right there at the at the ninth hour like you know where, where the magic is really going to happen yeah exactly i mean it <laughs> it's it's something that's so intangible you know but that's really what we're all doing and it's you can't put that on a, in a slideshow and talk about that you know like the last few lectures that I did at conferences a few years ago before I was just like I'm done for a while I didn't even I didn't plan a slideshow I didn't plan what I was going to talk about I had a couple stories I felt like I was going to share and I just I was just winging it at that point I got up on stage I was like I don't have slides so don't worry about it you don't have to hook me up you know and I was just like we're just going to talk, and if something comes out of this, great. And if it doesn't, well, sorry that you wasted your money. But, like, I, I, I felt like maybe I could just give a little insight in, in the only way I knew how and was to just kind of talk off the cuff and, and, and just be honest about things that happened to me and hope that it connected with other people in a way. Because, you know, me sitting there and being like, well, this is when I did this for this client. Here's my sketches and whatever. It's like, <laughs> all right, you know, like you could see that on Instagram or my website or whatever. You could see any other number of people, you know, a sketch looks like a sketch. You know, like I'm not going to show you a sketch in six dimensions and it's going to blow your mind because you're like, whoa, how do you find those other dimensions? You know, like it's just <laughs> it's, a, it's a pencil sketch. Like you've seen it before, you know, right. like so. So the, the, the intangibles are what, what I try to capture. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to do that because then you don't want to sound pretentious and, you know, up your own ass because you're like, oh, I just, I want to, I want to tell you about how I think. You just want to like share experiences and hope that people can relate to it and maybe find, um, 
a way to, to learn from your mistakes and, and avoid maybe a problem or, or make something better because you're just like, oh, I did this and it sucked and it was a giant failure and then I didn't eat for two months because I didn't have any money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, speaking, speaking of which, uh, you know, not being able to eat and needing to make money, um, you know, this might be like kind of a, a trade secret, but as far as like getting work and like sustaining work, um, I mean, I don't think you're the type of person who like gives any clients cold calls or anything like that, but like, do you have clients that you just have ongoing relationships with, uh, or, you know, do people just constantly contact you and you're like constantly, um, given new work, by the way, that's a question from a guy named Frank Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, yes, there is there is new work that's constantly coming in. Um, I do have some agencies that I partner up with sometimes that um, you know they'll bring me some client stuff, and those are usually the bigger corporate clients. Um, and I, I you know I'll have repeating agency work that you know we'll work together on. Um, but there's it's not to say that I haven't done cold calls. There's there's one there's a company out there called uh, Leatherhead, and they made they make these really cool leather baseballs and. That's how they were known, um, and they also do like leather footballs and basketballs and stuff like that. And um, it's very cool. And I, I I met them when I used to run my old clothing company, CXXVI, and we met at a trade show. And I really liked their stuff. And one day I called them up, and the guy's name is Paul, who owns it. Really nice guy. Really great people over there. I said, Paul, I said I love your stuff. Your logo sucks. Please, please, <laughs> please let me rebrand it. I'll do it for free. Let me do it. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, I totally understand. This is not meant to be an insult. I just feel like you deserve better. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, I've been thinking that for years, but I don't know how to go about it. So I did some stuff for him. He's like, great. I love it. And then we, we've been working together for four and a half years now. You know, and it's 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 fan like we're, we're always doing new stuff, developing new things. It's a it's a great relationship. So, um, you know, you got to put yourself out there sometimes. But right. for the most part, I, you know. I, I don't know what the secret is. Um, maybe it's because I've been around for so long at this point and I've just tried and tried and tried so hard to get people to know who the hell I am that, uh, that you know, maybe that's helped in the long run. But, um, you know, work comes in and I do the work and I try to do the best I can and hopefully they tell somebody else about it and then more work comes in. All right. No. Look at that Leatherhead logo right now, by the way. Um, assuming this is the one that you did with like the needle thread going through the swoosh at the yes, bottom? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's a thing of beauty. It's a thing Thank of you. beauty. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That's real nice. Well, yeah, like, speaking of your days, you're one of those people who wakes up at, like, 5 a.m. and backflips out of bed and just, like, ready to take it on? Or are you, like, a vampire and just work until 5 a.m.? I am a vampire. I've always been a vampire. <laughs> I will... And ironically enough, I can't eat garlic, so figure that one out. <laughs> oh, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> it all makes sense now. I just put two and two together. That's why I'm up all night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I um, even my parents will tell me, too, like all the time. They're just like, yeah, you were always up late at night. You know, like even as a kid, like when I when I got my first computer and I first learned like Photoshop 2, I would stay up till three, four, five o'clock in the morning, just like totally engrossed in what I was doing because in the middle of the night, there's nothing happening. Everything is completely quiet. No one's calling you. No one's asking you for anything. 
No one's, you know, there's nothing on TV. There's nothing happening outside. It's just completely dead and you are in a vacuum. And that is the place where you can just like really soak up what your brain is going to throw at you because there's nothing else to distract you. So I've always been like that. But as soon as my daughter was born too, it's like, like you could work till 5 a.m., but you're getting up at 7 a.m. too. So, <laughs> you know, do what you can with that. And I feel and like- 5.30 and 6.30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's, now she's like, you know, four, four years old and change. So she sleeps till like nine o'clock and I have to wake her up for school. And she's like, ah, leave me alone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm still, you know, like I'll still work till four o'clock in the morning and be up at eight. Like I don't need a lot of hours during the night. I'm, I, got, I got a lot of energy. And I got a lot of things to say, so uh, I'm ready to go, man. I'm, I'm I'm ready to go as soon as as soon as the sun rises. So um, I'll stay up all night, but it's not going to stop me from getting up early and, and and attacking. Oh man, I wish I had that. I always wanted to be one of those people who could wake up like early in the morning and you know get all sorts of work done and just have the rest of the day to coast through. But <laughs> no. No. It, it never works like that though, because I, I've my my wife's always just like start waking up early, you know, like instead of going to bed late, start waking up early, and then you try it, and it works for a couple of days, and then you got somebody who's just like, oh my god, we, listen, we got to get this done by tomorrow morning. This is the only way. Like the client says this, or someone says that, or whatever, and you're like, okay, no problem, I'll get it done, and then. You woke up at six o'clock in the morning to have like an easy day, and then all of a sudden you're working till three o'clock in the morning. So now your day is like four hundred hours long, and <laughs> and there you know like by the next by the next morning you're exhausted because you woke up early and worked late. So then you're sleeping late. So then it throws off your whole thing anyway. So you might as well just like give in and just work at night. She runs a brick and mortar shop, doesn't she? It's not no, it's not brick and mortar yet. She's actually okay. like in the process of finding, but she does. It's it's more of an online store right now. Okay, well, I was going to say, yeah. she has to be up early. So now she's like, but let's get back to the point of what works for somebody doesn't work for everybody. Exactly. So just, yeah, just re- let her listen back to this next time she tries. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does not need to listen to me any more than yeah. she already does. <laughs> My wife doesn't listen to this show, so. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, like I did, I did the last podcast I did. My wife's just like, I'll listen to it. I was like, you don't have to listen to it. You're not going to make me feel bad if you don't listen. <laughs> and you could, you could just see it in her face. She's like, oh, good. The last thing I need to do is hear you go on and on for an hour again, you know, about something. <laughs> oh, great. Someone's indulging you in an opinion. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. Do you – so imposter syndrome, is that something that – you have ever suffered from or ever entertained or do you think it's all bullshit they kind of go hand in hand you know the whole living vicariously through someone especially if you're afraid of being caught as not knowing what the fuck you're doing yeah i think you know you know what happened was when i when i really started kicking into gear um there were things that I liked and things that I tried to emulate but when I tried to emulate them they didn't feel like me and as as hard as I tried to copy them I would look at them and just be like, I, I don't know. This is just, it, it doesn't, it's not me, you know? So there, I, I mean, maybe I'm lucky in the sense that I was able to recognize or admit to myself that what I was doing wasn't me and I had to just try something else. But at the very least, I was able to kind of skim some of the good stuff off the top. So I would be like, oh, I really love this. You know, like a lot of people might not realize that I'm like a sucker for like the subway map, like Helvetica black on white type of deal like that's a major influence on my work you've got all the standard guides don't you yeah oh you know yeah. i do <laughs> i'm like i'm a child of like classic 
graphic design history. Like that's, that's the stuff that really speaks to me, whether my work looks like that or not, I don't know. But the influence is, is a very, very heavy one on what I do. Um, and I tried to, I tried to emulate that stuff a lot, but it just, it just felt like it didn't feel like me. It just felt like I was just copying something and I wasn't adding anything to it. So I would take the things that I would learn from that, whether it was white space, composition, um, the boldness of letters or the way that it interacts with illustration. And I would integrate it into other things that felt a little bit more my style. And as I did that more and more, I would really like start to pick off things from different people and different aesthetics that I was just like, I like that. Maybe I can integrate it here. Sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't, but that's kind of like my work is just like this amalgamation of, of influences like crammed in and, and regurgitated and twisted and turned and and I could point out everything that I did, you know, for a particular reason. I was like, well, I got this from here. And you'd be like, that doesn't, that, I don't get that at all. But like the little mental connections are, are really what I learned how to take from inspirational stuff. Right. Right. You seem like the type of person to have like one of those like boards in your bedroom that's like a, uh... You know, like one of those old bedraggled detectives that's working on a case that has like all the photos <laughs> up with like the yarn attached to like one thing to another, like making connections between things. Pretty much. I mean, that's like if you were to do an illustration of my brain, that's probably what it would look like. <laughs> so String and all. Yeah. <laughs> so, so were we funny? Was that funny? I think we did some funny stuff. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, I got a funny story if you want to hear one. To, we, you we know I want to hear that funny story. Yeah, absolutely. So right before we got on the phone, I got a phone call. Today? Right? Today. Okay. Yeah, oh, right before we got on the podcast. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. I got, I got a phone call. And so it's a phone call. And the guy says to me, he goes, well, first of all, the it takes a second for someone to get on the phone. So you you know right away that it's going to be bullshit, right? Yeah. So I get on the phone and it's a guy who's like I uh I I I um I noticed that there were some uh, some troublesome transmissions coming from your computer and I'm here to help you. So uh, I'm just like I was like all right, another one of these, huh? So the last time this guy called, I had a big fight with him. <laughs> Cuz I'm just like like just don't waste my time, man, you know? Like and I remember one of the things too, so it was kind of personal. One of the things like my grandfather dealt with right before he died was one of these guys hassling him. So I was just like, when, when, when I got the call, oh my God, dude, it set me on fire. So I was ready to go. So now every time one of these guys calls me, I have a little fun with them. So this guy calls and I go, listen, I'm gonna stop you right now. I'm not the right person for you to scam me, you know, like to, to run this scam on, it's not gonna work with me. And the guy was like silent for a second. Like, what, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a scam. I'm not trying to scam you. I was like, he was like, what, what makes you think this is a scam? I said, I don't know how defensive you're getting right now. So he goes, oh, you, you're crazy. No, this is not a scam. This is, you don't know how to talk to people. You're very rude. I was like, dude, listen, I was like, I understand. Everybody's got to make a dollar. I said, just go call somebody else and good luck with your day. And he's like, you are so rude right now. This is not a scam. And he like kept pressing. I said, all right, all right. I said, if this is not a scam, I said, I need you to tell me one thing. And he goes, what's that? I said, tell me what kind of computer I have that's sending you transmissions. <laughs> and he hung up the phone and I was like, all right, oh, see? Booyah. <laughs> I think the very fact that he, you know, assumed that he knew you were having computer transmission issues <laughs> yeah. was like a tip off. Like, hold on, what? 
If, I need to know what is the computer transmission exactly? Like, what does that entail? Like, am I se- <laughs> am I sending data to the Pentagon, or is it like like I don't want, I don't know what this transmission stuff is? <laughs> uh, yeah, because you'd think you would probably know that. There's a giant antenna on the roof of my house with a lightning bolt <laughs> shooting out. Very Maybe the lightning the lightning bolt stopped coming. <laughs> oh God! Well, follow up question: um, Is everything terrible? Is everything terrible? Yes. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Everything is terrible. The thing is, is like everything in the world is terrible. But you gotta find you gotta find your pocket that makes you happy, and you gotta find the place and the and the way that you can deal with how terrible everything is. You know, I deep down inside, I don't think anyone wants to be terrible. But society at large makes us all very terrible. You know, we get frustrated with things. Uh, There's a lot of dumb people out there that make poor decisions, and then it affects the people around them, you know. But, yeah, yeah, everything. It's a terrible place that we live in, an awful, awful place. (laughs) (laughs) So so we all just need to, you know, live on communes, um, (laughs) just get out of cities, live in caves. I don't agree with that because I feel like the commune would smell terrible. Just absolutely <laughs> awful. Probably smell terrible and also get like a little culty. Um, yes, and, I don't need that. And inbred, that. you know, could deal with the smells and inbreeding for sure. I get it. You guys live in New York. Stop making fun of Georgia. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. I mean, I appreciate civilization. You know, don't get me wrong. I just like, I like to be able to close the door on civilization sometimes and just be by myself or just be with my family, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just get off Twitter for a little bit. Just get it. Just get off of that. Turn it off. Put the phone away. Just forget that all that stuff exists. Get the crayons out. You know, if you're Start... going to copy somebody, don't put it on the internet. Exactly. Teenagers. Keep it, to, keep it to yourself. There you go. Like everything else you should be doing. Keep it to yourself until you're yeah. old enough to not be awkward about it. Words <laughs> <Boards> of wisdom. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I don't know, Zach. You have anything else? Um, I don't have any other questions. This has been great. Yeah, thanks this for awesome. Coming on, hanging yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, thanks for talking shit on me so that I had to come on and, and set the record straight. I appreciate that. It yeah. worked. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk shit about you in the future, so you can do uh, another episode. For, for sure, for sure. Works for me, man. I'm always, I'm always looking for an argument. So you got one. Let's Is do there it. Any, anything else you want to share? Anything coming up? Where can people find you online if they don't already know? Or just, hey, fuck off. Go you do could, your own thing. Quit following John everywhere. I mean, people could try to find me, but the, the internet, it keeps, uh, it keeps keeps stifling it. So I don't know, man. I mean, you could look me up on Instagram, but it's not going to show you where I am. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I forgot to ask you about that. Every other tweet from this guy is just Instagram sucks now. Oh my God, I hate it. You know what the problem is too, is I'm not one of these guys. I'm not, I don't even want to be using social media. I use it because I know I have to, because this is the way the business is going, you know? And I don't want to complain about it either. But the fact of the matter is, it's just like when I have people sending me messages every day, how come I don't see your work? How come you're not, you know, how come you're not posting anymore? I'm just like, oh my God, like I am, it's not my fault that it's not coming up in the feeds, you know? And it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, I, there are people that are just like, what is John up to? And I want to share that with them, you know? But even if I try, they, they'll never see because it's just not going to show up. And it just, it drives me nuts that that is a problem that I have to deal with on a daily basis for something that I don't even want to be using in the first place, you know? So Instagram just, used to be the only good social media platform. It used to be. It, and you know what's so funny too? It's like, 
I, I get in that, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I could have like a private Instagram and, and, and share like pictures of my, my daughter and, you know, like if we go on vacation somewhere or stupid whatever, I don't want to do that. So it's like, I don't even want to have a personal account. I'm just doing this because I have to do it, you know? And then it's like, okay, I'm following these rules of what the industry has outlined for us and I'm doing it. I have my, I have this and that and the other thing and, you know, I'm active on all and, you know, whatever, but then it's just like, yeah, but we're not going to show it to anybody. So, like, what's the point? You know, like, what, 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 why am I even wasting my time? You know? It's, yeah. it's a scrapbook, you know? You just got to look at it. It's a scrapbook of your yeah, life. That's going to get deleted one day. <laughs> right. What, <laughs> what's going to happen then? You know, sometimes, and I'll admit, I, like, just crave for that to have, like, all the servers to go down, like, the internet to be, like, completely wiped clean. Everyone right. whose egos was tied to, like a like or follower count and they're just like shit um i can't wait for that day i you know I, you know when when it starts encroaching on my daily activities is when it really starts to bug me like i've had i've had clients before or uh, potential clients that would um you know they're doing a pitch and it's like me and like another person and they're just like well you guys kind of have similar social media following so you're probably like the same level of artist and i'm like yeah except for that person's like 20 years old and i've started doing this when that person was in diapers so like do you want experience or do you want social media following and i was like yeah and then then you get into like well is the project social media based no 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 it's not i was like okay so then why does that matter you know it's not even getting you know how many followers that guy probably bought (laughs) yeah that's true that's very true i could go pay 20 bucks for 100 followers right now (laughs) this is very true this is like what i mean is is that do i do i instead of like investing in marketing and advertising do i invest in like five hundred thousand instagram followers is that gonna get more work in my hands you know Uh, you know the sad truth of things is like in the future probably yeah (laughs) yeah you're yeah and then but then then you get to the point where like Everyone is has 2.5 million followers, and then what does it matter, right? Like when everyone's special, then no one is. That's like the thing that makes that that resonates in my head so much with social media. Yeah, and it seems like we're already electing politicians based off their follower counts. So that's that's. You know. I, I mean, I mean, we we live in a country where people, you know, he, here's the thing. My daughter, she's four years old, right? She tells me that she wants to be. A doctor, a singer, and an artist when she grows up. All three of them at the same time. The fact that she doesn't say she wants to be famous when she grows up is like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because it seems like that's all anybody wants to be. And there's no, they have no reason for being famous. Like, what do you want to be? I want to be famous. Why? I don't know. I just want to be famous. Like, don't you want to do anything special? You know, like, don't you want to do anything either that helps someone or that makes the world, like, a little bit nicer than it was before you started doing what you were doing? No. I just want attention. Maybe just, you know. don't you want to like cure all of your insecurities? Uh, maybe start there. Yeah, because I'm sure when a million people are following you around, you're going to get less insecure. <laughs> right. right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, damn, man. Um, this, has been, this has been pretty great. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for talking with us, Zach. I don't know if you have anything else, but... Um... Been... Any other, any last parting advice? Anything you sitting on your shoulders you want to get off? Yeah, uh, yeah. Watch who you talk about on a podcast because it might come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> if it works out this well for everybody, though, it might start getting worse. 
I just I just subscribed on iTunes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't think we talked shit about anybody on this episode. Um, did we? Well, we we did. We just didn't name names. Yeah, That's I'm true. not going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say her name. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, I said Bethany Heck. We'll we'll mention her again. Like, if there's anybody that I think deserves hero design god status. That sounds like an episode number three to me. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like we should mail her a trident. <laughs> Is there anybody I want to... Uh, I made fun of Brian Manley last time. That's true. I haven't seen his name pop up yet on the schedule. No. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll come up with something. <laughs> yeah. that's, for, that's for another session. Oh, what? Daniel Evans still needs to be on. Oh, yes. She's a loudmouth. Get her on here. That'll be good. But I'm not going to have any food anywhere nearby. Will she be able to handle it? I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 for the podcast to find out. (laughs) We should send her an email like requesting her to be on the podcast using like French fries or curly fries or something. I think she'd appreciate that. She would appreciate it. But my God, that's way too much work to get her on. You could probably just ask her. I'd eat half of them like (laughs) before it was done. I know. Can we talk shit about the devil? I'd like to have the devil um, on sometime in the Ooh, near future. Yeah. Which, which one? The Christian one? The Muslim one? Uh, preferably. The Wiccan one? I don't know. Preferably the Wiccan one. Um, but if we <laughs> He's can down also, to party. Yeah, I'll can... tell you. Uh, wait, hold on. Before, I mean, the devil is very interesting to me. Have you guys seen the movie The Witch? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, so good. Can we get it's... Black Phillip? Get Black yes. Phillip on. I am I am there. Please have me as a guest host for Black Phillip. I want to be there. The entire podcast will be whispered, and I will be so happy. We're going to like set off somebody's ASMR triggers, too. Just like double header. Dude, I've got candles I can surround myself with. And oh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be good. That's very much now my element. Talk. We get a little deicide playing in the background. <laughs> Dude, the whole reason you're on this episode is because I put your picture and a crow's feather under my pillow a few weeks ago. And <laughs> it, lo and behold, boom. Dark blood magic. Oh, yeah. my God. It, it oh, happened. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shit really works, man. <laughs> black magic. That's my that's my advice. Get into black magic because it works. Yeah. I'm going to say stay on the right-hand path and just go white magic the whole time just because you don't know what you want to get into. Boo. Boring. Got to be careful, man. That's the that's the real that's the real design conference side of magic. Oh, you're so yeah. That's true. <laughs> White magic's never done anything for me. I think no way, just man. Chaos, speak it into the universe, and that's just it. Let it be. That's it. Get a little eye and newt, crack a couple uh, robin's eggs, and you're good to go. I just sent Daniel a bunch of the stuff from your sticker pack because nice. this is like. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Nice. I got a wolf tongue hanging out. It looks like the party god from Adventure Time. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but yeah. uh, uh, yeah, it's very much the best character on Adventure Time. Nice. Yeah, we could promote that, everybody. Go go to go to iTunes and download the John Contino, the Nose Nose sticker pack, and Has send it to all your friends. Has everyone bought that already? Yeah, I don't these... know, man. I, I'm not rich, so no. <laughs> these are undoubtedly some of the best. Like, I did an iTunes sticker pack. They're nowhere near. I mean, this is, this is, is beautiful. It? Is that not one of the most fun things you could put out there as a sticker? Pack? How stupid is that? Oh, it's and so how... stupid. But I oh, my you God. A, I, you enjoy that dollar I gave you. 
<laughs> I guess the, the 70 cents you get from that dollar. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so fun, though. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> I had a blast making it. There's a lot of voodoo that goes into Apple, iTunes, iMessage <laughs> sticker packs. People don't realize that. It's a lot the of voodoo. The ghost of Steve Jobs is driving this entire market. Mm-hmm. Black, I mean, black, black eyes and all. Apple was started based on, like, psychedelics, so I really wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. This is, this is the side of graphic design that people never touch on. Where is my, where is my Black Magic graphic design documentary? I need That's to get you a copy on of it. Daniel's talk from Crop. <laughs> I love this nose with the legs coming out. I just keep staring at it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, little, that's a little nod to me and my family, my Italian family. Do they look like this? Yeah, yeah, we're 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 uh, Sicilians, and we have we have big noses, and we're not afraid to uh, embrace it. Oh God, you can't eat garlic. No, I cannot. Oh my how God, the, yeah, how does that how work? terrible was that when you found that out? I can just imagine like there's a huge plate of like just spaghetti, and you're just like having a full seizure. Like, well, just a full anorexic attack. We we have figured out how to you know make spaghetti sauce without garlic and it still tastes the same take, so we're good you take it back we're good we're good take we're it good the blasphemy <laughs> i'm not gonna let that stop me eating spaghetti Are you kidding me i ate spaghetti last night i'll probably eat it tonight too that's yeah <laughs> that's what's on the menu here so mm -hmm. what garlic or spaghetti garlic just garlic okay cool yeah. that's nice. deep, so, you know, deep fried <laughs> There you go. I mean, it's a, it's supposedly good for you, but I'll never know. I mean, but I, then again, I'm probably immortal, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to go watch The Witch and edit this show, so. Nice. <laughs> You've got a good night cut out for you. Okay. I, the kids might be a little messed up afterwards, but I think they'll be okay. It's going to be really interesting to see, like, when you sit down to edit this and the whole section of us talking about black magic is just dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna... John, I'm, I'm sitting in a sound booth I made just covered in blankets and PVC pipes and shit, and I'm terrified of getting out from under here. <laughs> There's going to be a black you... billy goat on the other side of it. I told my son the other night, he's four, he's like, I'm afraid of the dark. I was like, you don't have to be afraid of the dark, you need to be afraid of what's in it. And I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but... Oh my God. My daughter, my daughter absolutely loves scary stuff. Yeah, like my... she, she loves scary stuff. Like it was the like last year, she had she had pneumonia, and it was it was really sad because she had yeah, to wear like the little mask and all that stuff. Oh. So she puts the mask on, and my wife is like, she's like, well, do you want to watch? You want to watch TV? You want to watch a cartoon or whatever? So she pulls down the mask, and she goes, no, put on Jaws, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward to the end. <laughs> what a she's cool brutal, kid. man. Hey, she man. loves it. She loves it. <laughs> I don't. Have you ever seen Paranorman? It's kind of like getting she scary stuff. loves Paranorman. The amount of, she watches it over and over and over again. Yeah, we, so she we loves love it. the kids. Love Paranorman. It's great. Um, Monster House. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Monster stuff. House is another one. Yep. Uh, yep. It's not quite as scary, but Book of Life. Oh, Book I, of I know Life. You're familiar with Book of Life, but we, <laughs> John did the font and the a lot of the artwork for book of life oh no shit i saw yeah, that yeah. uh yeah. i think i saw like a piece of it is that the one that's like day of the dead yes kind of stuff yeah <laughs> it's yes. the first day of the dead movie i'm not gonna one. bash disney on here but that's a whole <laughs> thing it is the first one it's it's i mean i love pixar and i love disney stuff but the one so the guy uh jorge gutierrez who, who who's the brainchild behind the book of life the guy is the guy is so incredible like 
the details that went into every little piece is just so amazing. And then the fact that like, well, when the movie came out, my daughter was too young to really understand it. So I tried to show it to her and she didn't care. But like in the last year or so that she's, she's gotten older and, and really started appreciating movies, she loves that movie too. So I, I, I sent him a little text message and I was like, dude, my daughter loves your movie finally. <laughs> do you have his contact information? I do. Yes, I do. We need to get him on the show just I so would, I can like flip through the art book and talk about it as we go. I would love to hear what he has to say about it. He's a great guy and he does awesome stuff. So talented. Like one of those guys that's beyond talent. Go watch El Tigre, his Nickelodeon cartoon. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I, I love that guy. Jorge is awesome. It's going to be a great night. El Tigre. John, I'd like to have you on again around Halloween if you're cool with that. Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Let's do a spooky version of this. Well, we were thinking about all doing peyote and then mm -hmm. recording the um, podcast. So, you know, as long as you're down with that. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm open to anything. Let's do it. <laughs> well, thanks again. I'm on a thanks again for hanging out and chatting with us. And um, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having yeah, me, guys. Thanks for the thanks for the open platform. Yeah, yeah of absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully no one gets annoyed by me complaining for an hour and a half. Very doubtful. <laughs> Sorry. It was tough to get through. It was tough to get through. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. See you guys. Bye. was our interview with john it got weird it got fun got dark um a great combination there uh i want to thank john uh for being on also want to thank mr vincent parham who has bestowed upon us such wonderful futuristic beats beautiful um, beautiful beats he, he is on he's on soundcloud yeah he's on soundcloud just look up you know p-a-r-h-a-m vincent parham you'll find him if you don't um, find him on there, just go outside, look up at the sun, and eventually a cloud will pass by, and Vincent will probably be on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, cool. as previously mentioned in the episode, you can just Google search a picture of his face and put it under your pillow along with a black feather or a crow's feather, and things will happen there. Um, speaking of which, uh, we've been trying to find sort of a, a, a tagline to explain our show, and I think... I think we I think we figured one out, right? Well, yeah. Well, before you deliver that, I'm just going to say bye and just let you uh yeah. let you do you. Find me on the internet, ZS Wilkinson, everywhere you can everywhere. Look. Everywhere. Find me online, um just heresy. Um so uh, you know, according to the great lord and king of weird, HP Lovecraft Never explain anything. That is Zach, and I'm Daniel. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.